You're listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. Well, we start with some shocking news that happened this afternoon. Captain Dyson Happel has fractured his ankle. The club is saying it had nothing to do with Dyson's previous foot injury, but was a result of a tackle at training today. A cruel blow for the skipper and the team. Yeah, horrible news that about Hep. Word is that someone fell on his leg during training, which, you know, obviously resulted in the injury, but it might even be season-ending for him. The word from the club is that they're still hopeful he'll be able to come back later on in the season, but you'd have to think that's unlikely. Reports on Triple M are that he's due to undergo surgery in the next few days to sort of aid the recovery, but things are a bit grim on that front. You'd have to say this is a big injury for us. Not only is Dice our captain, so we'll miss him on... Him on field, you know, with his on field leadership, but he's also our best inside ball and clearance player, as well as being one of our few midfielders who runs both ways and is a dependable mark. Hopefully, though, this will be seen by some players, you know, like Darcy Parrish or even a Jacob Townsend, to demonstrate their abilities in midfield. So these blokes are going to be called upon to sort of take up that load that Hep sort of carried uh, over the last couple of years. And these guys will need to make an impact in the middle in Hep's absence. Nevertheless, though, it's still a massive blow for us, and I'm definitely hoping Hep has a speedy recovery. The Bombers remain undefeated and, in fact, have not been behind at any stage in season 2020. How good is that, mate? Yeah, that's true, Jame, and look, I'll, I'll take it. But, I mean, that doesn't mean that we've had these wins comfortably. There's been plenty of nerves for us fans in both games as we just haven't been able to put sides away. But it's been a strange start to the year with plenty of disruptions, so I'm happy we've banked the two wins, and I'm definitely looking forward to picking up a couple more in the next two weeks. The great thing is we have won without looking dominant, and held on when both Frio and Sydney challenged the Dons very late. I feel there is so much more improvement left in the side, and to have two wins at an early stage of the season is a massive bonus. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that, James. You know, and with players getting more used to playing with each other and with everyone getting more comfortable and confident in the game plan, I think our game stand should really, uh, you know, sort of slowly and steadily improve. After the break, we'll look at the teams for Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Don's Cast. And now we'll read out the sides for Sunday's game. All right, so the selected side as it stands right now is from the backs. We've got Francis, Hooker and Hurley. Halfbacks, we've got Saad, Bredman and Ridley. In the centre, we've got Cutler, McGrath and Zaharakis. Half forwards, we've got Smith, Merritt and Tipper. Forward, we've got Snelling, McKernan and Townsend with the followers Bell Chambers, Shield and Parrish. On the bench, we've got Langford, Stringer, McKenna and Ham, with emergencies Laverde, Phillips, Guelphy and Ambrose. All right, for the Demons, going from the back, we've got Salem, May and Jetta. Halfbacks, we've got Harms, Lever and Rivers. Centres, we've got Ed Langdon, Oliver and Tomlinson. Half forwards are Brayshaw, Tom McDonald, and Hunt. Forward, we've got Benal, Fritch, and Malksham. With followers Gorn, Petrarca, and Viney. 
with Hannon, Pickett, Vandenberg and Smith on the bench. Melbourne are a funny side. Only two years ago they made a prelim and then had a very disappointing 2019. Yeah, they are, Jane, but they do have some star players like Gorn, Oliver and Petrarca, which means they're always dangerous. You know, if they get a run on or if we let them dictate terms at any stage of the game, you know, I think they can potentially get us. But look, I'm thinking that on paper, you know, we've got more class around the ground. Uh, But as you say, games aren't played on paper. And they've had an interesting start to the season themselves. So, you know, they went down by 27 points against the Eagles in Perth in round one. And then, you know, last week against the Blue Baggers, they uh, just sort of fell over the line by one point. Look, um, for mine, they're definitely gettable. Um, And really, if we want to be serious about making finals, I think we should be, you know, putting this one in the books and saying we need to win this game. But definitely an interesting matchup for us. Even last week, there were seven goals up on the Blues before appearing to limp to the line to get to the win. Yeah, they really did, Jam. I um I watched a bit of the first quarter of, of the um, Melbourne-Carlton game, and it looked like they were going to romp it in with a big win, but they must have just fallen over the rails or something like that because Carlton came back hard, and I guess fortunately for Melbourne, but unfortunately for Carlton, um, they just didn't take their opportunities for goal late. Like, definitely had their chances to, to beat Melbourne, but ultimately they fell short and the D's sauntered away with a one-point win. But looking at our game, though, we can't plan on them having a fade-out, and I think we'll really have to be on the ball from the first bounce. So, uh, yeah, we can't just let them get into the groove and try and dictate terms because, as I said, they've got some dangerous players, and I think that, you know, if we let them play their style of footy, we'll definitely make it hard for ourselves. So we definitely need to be focused uh, right from the outset. Melbourne do have some big-bodied mids that can dwarf some of our players. In Viney, Petrarca, Oliver and Jones. So we need Bally to hold his own and not let Gorn direct the ball to those mids or it'll be a long day at the office for the Bombers. Where do you see us exploiting them, mate? Yeah, I think the obvious sort of weakness for us is in the ruck um, and at stoppages. Bell Chambers is going to be up against it this week against Gorn, who looks to be in good form and, look, he's just a great tap ruckman. We've noted previously that Bell Chambers is not as mobile as he might have been in years gone by, but, you know, with Phillips currently not in the side, it'll be interesting to see who goes with Gorn around the ground and how our mids sort of nullify Melbourne's clearance beasts and Gorn's ability to get the ball down to them at the stoppages. That's going to be a big area for us to focus on for this game and certainly where I think a lot of uh, Melbourne's influence you know, needs to be stifled if we're going to win this game. It's our first trip to the G in 2020, so it'll be interesting to see how Carousel and, and Ratton's game plan holds up there. Yeah, look, I think that the MTG will actually suit our style of play. You know, we've got a lot of running players like Cutler and Ham, like who's been named in the side, which is excellent. And these guys complement, you know, the run from Shield and Merritt in the middle, and also the run off, off the half-backs with Sardi and McKenna. So hopefully we'll see the Dons be able to exploit Melbourne's lack of run and, you know, really implement the new game plan to good effect to uh, hopefully uh, lock in win number three. After the break, we'll have our Remember When segment. Welcome to Don's Cast, the regular segment we will be doing each week is Remember When, where we discuss a game each from the past 
against the side we're about to play. Mate, what's your game? Yeah, look, James, with um, Darcy Parrish kicking the sealer last week, I thought it was fitting for my remember when to go with round two of 2016 where Darcy Parrish was the ice man again, kicking the sealer for that game. So look, as you remember in 2016, like that was a year where Essendon was gutted through the suspension of 34 past and present players as a result of the Court of Arbitration for Sports' decision that they should be banned for a year. All the talk was that we weren't going to win a game all year. And, you know, the previous couple of years have been tumultuous to say the least with the ongoing saga. And going into this year, you know, we had new blood, not only in the top-up players to make sure we could still feel the side, but also some recent pickups in the 2015 draft, including Mitch Brown, uh, Michael Hartley, and a, uh, a rookie who's been quite handy for us over the years in Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. So all these blokes, you know, took their part in this game. And another bloke we picked up in that draft was uh, Darcy Parrish. You know, pick up Franger as well, who's obviously playing in this week's game. But Franger obviously took a bit longer to... Uh, I guess mature as an AFL player, but you know, in 2016, uh, Parrish was basically ready to go and chucked in the deep end. So it was also John Worsfold's first year as coach of Essendon, having taken over as coach, you know, when James Hurd had been banned by the AFL for bringing the game into disrepute. Um, so look, with all this stuff going on, getting new players in, into the club who really hadn't hadn't had a chance to train properly with the side, the prospects of on-field success for us weren't looking all that great. But look, you know, we still showed up and, you know, I guess uh, in situations like that, you know, we might be one in a million, but you're always in with a chance. So look, going into the game itself, um, Melbourne weren't the strongest side that year. So while it was always going to be tough for us to to win a game this season, uh, games like this were our best shot. So I felt like the team really steeled themselves for games like this. So we started well with two goals to Zachy Merritt in the first quarter and led by four points at the first break. Then both sides kicked into gear with five goals apiece. For Melbourne, Garlett and Kennedy kicked two each, while for Essendon, we shared the love uh, with one each to Stokes, Brown, Comer and Hartley. And after a series of misses, finally, Joe Danaher managed to get one. He'd taken a couple of massive clunks already that game, so he's looking good, uh, but just hadn't hit the hit the goals there yet, and then finally got one in the second. So at the end of the second quarter, we led by nine points going into the half. So there was a bit of hope, but still a long way to go if we were going to try and uh, pinch this game. Now, the third quarter was a real arm wrestle, uh, with each side scoring one goal, three points apiece. So we entered the fourth quarter with Essendon still holding to that narrow lead of nine points. And look, as the fourth quarter started, yeah, to be honest with you, I was fe- fearing a bit of a fade-out. Melbourne got going pretty early with a goal to Clayton Oliver within 20 seconds of the fourth quarter starting. And then minutes later, Jack Watts kicked another goal for Melbourne. And they they hit the front. Joe Danaher kicked another point before Jesse Hogan uh, slammed one through to extend their lead. And things looked like that we weren't going to uh, get there in the end, which was disappointing after we sort of led all game. But finally, Joe Danaher kicked straight. And so too did young gun Kyle Langford. And, uh, you know, with that goal, we sort of took back the lead. But look, you know, with the game in the balance, the good players stepped up. So Kelly mopped up an errant pass to space from Melbourne, and he then passed it to Ambrose, who got it to Fantasia, who then passed to Goddard in the middle. Goddard then calmly chipped the ball to Zaharakis, who was streaming towards 50, and he drew a defender before handballing the ball to a young Darcy Parrish in the open who just ran in and slotted the goal as easy as you'd like. Bargain. 
got the option up the middle and he's hit it. Has he? Watts. Edged out by the experienced Kelly. And they're out here. Got up. The kid, Parrish or Zaharakis. Zaharakis. He's got Parrish. Parrish. They're picked for life. Delivers. Well, here's the turnover. Watts was on the lead. He was surrounded by players, so in the end, it probably was not a high percentage kick. And the rebound was so awesome. Look at this handball, Jude, from Zaharakis. He draws the heat, bang. Slips it back into Parrish, who had all the class in the world to finish that. This kid's going to be a star. Yes. Yeah, look, that was a fantastic goal. And after all the build-up, all the emotion of that period, and with everyone saying we wouldn't win a game all year, we stood up and won by 13 points, 80 to 67. And look, I'll tell you what, mate, ninjas must have been chopping up onions or something that day because, look, I'm not ashamed to admit, uh, that game definitely brought a tear to my eye. But what do you remember from that game, Jane? Yeah, I remember a lot of people thought Essendon could not win a game that year. So to get one only three rounds in was very pleasing. And I have to say, if you go back and watch that game, have a look at Joe Danaher. He was brilliant that day. And I thought even if we didn't win many games, it was going to be fun watching the younger generation coming through. Well, my game is from the round 13 match of 2007. Essendon was sixth on the ladder, playing against the second bottom team, Melbourne. So on paper, the Bombers were hot favourites to win the game. And in the first quarter, the match was going to script. The Dons led by 37 points. In the second quarter, Neil Danaher must have been... A bit irate with his demons, because they certainly came out the stronger side in the second quarter, and they pegged back the lead to a 19 points. It must have been an even more riveting speech that he gave in the in half time, because the D slammed on seven goals to two in the third term, and took a 13 point lead, and the Bombers looked defeated, especially at the 20 minute mark of the last stanza, when after an Aaron Davy goal. Stretched the D's lead out to 17 points. Then Alwyn Davey got one back for us. Then Scotty Lucas added another. And before we knew it, the Bombers were down by under a goal. The D's became very scrappy and started to push numbers back, making it difficult for the Bombers to get a winning goal, or even a chance to score. With under 30 seconds to play, Matthew Lloyd took a mark about 70 metres from goal. All Lloyd could do was pump it long to the hot spot about 20 to 30 metres out from goal. A huge pack was there to meet it. Jason Laycock came from the side and did his best to clunk a monster mark, but that wasn't going to happen with all those arms in there, and the ball fell conveniently in Scotty Lucas's arms, and Scotty marched in to kick the winning goal with only six seconds to go. And it's a free kick. Didn't try. One last roll of an important dice here. Lloyd on the lead. He doesn't know how long to go. Can Lucas take the mark? Lloyd's long ball. Laycock, Lucas, Lucas, goal! The Bombers have done it! Unbelievable! You had to feel for Neil, even as the Bombers supporter, Neil that week announced he would be resigning as coach of Melbourne and you could tell how hard the D's played for him to try and make his last game a win. 
The Bombers crowd was pretty pumped when we won, but it probably showed we were still a bit off the pace. And despite being fifth on the ladder after 13 rounds, the Bombers would only win two more games for 2007. They finished 12th on the ladder, and it was just another year where the Bombers couldn't quite get it done. Yeah, that's a great recount of a great game, Jamie. And you're right, it's bittersweet to look back at that game as the one that ended Neil Danaher's coaching career. But, you know, it's always good when the Dons have a win. After the break, we'll come back with Bomber Predictions. You're listening to Don's Cast, and as we wrap up the show, let's go with our bomber predictions. Mate, who do you think will kick the first goal on Sunday for the Bombers? Yeah, right, so for our predictions on the first goal, I'm going to back in Zachy Merritt. Um, I don't know why, but I just get the feeling that he might get dangerous this week, and he has always loved a goal. So, um, yeah, I'll back in Zachy. Who are you tipping, Jane? Yeah, I think it's going to be Jakey Stringer. I think uh, Jakey will get a chance to kick a goal early. So that's my tip for Sunday's first goal, Jake Stringer. All right, so my turn. Um, Who do you think will rack up the most disposals for us? I'm going to go with Dylan Shield. I think the Ds could only choose to uh, tag two players, and uh, that's the maximum you can tag, really, if you go too defensive. You can't be attacking yourself. So I think they'll be more watching Zach Merritt and Andy McGrath. So I reckon Dylan might get off the leash. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll actually go with McGrath myself. He really showed how quickly he, he can accumulate the footy uh, in the first half of last week. So I'm hoping for a four-quarter effort uh, for him today. And, yeah, I'm going to back him in to, yeah, to win uh, most disposals. And always the most important question, who wins Sunday? Yeah, look, for the win, I'm, I'm going to be backing the Bombers to win by three goals. I just feel we've got more avenues to goal and a good spread of talent over the park. So as long as we can minimise the damage from Gorn and the ruck contests, I think we can get it done. Um, so who's your tip, mate? I think the Bombers will get up, but I think it'll be tight again and a fairly low-scoring game. So I'm tipping the Bombers to get up by 10 points. Let's hope the Bombers stay undefeated. With a big win over the D's on Sunday. And from me, it's Go Bombers. Go Bombers.